Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. What a beautiful morning this Sunday is. And uh, yesterday was a pretty good day. Again, half the city got, looked like a little bit of an intense thunderstorm going through on the on the north side of the city as, uh, as per usual lately. Um, one other thing I was just going to say regarding uh, if you have been hit with any of that hail damage and things like that, um, just get out there and trim a lot of it back, especially if it's flowers, petunias, things like that. Um, it is, they will recover quite quickly because you have a decent root system. So they should be able, but just remove all that dead damage disease or and disease. If it looks diseased, um, leaves or anything on there, use a fertilizer, um, 20, 20, 20, something like that, or a 15, 30, 15 would be great for, for all your flowers and things like that. And if your trees got beat up a little bit. Um, again, you could use a Rage Plus. Um, works really well for them just to help them recover some of the tissue damage and things like that. And again, just looking through the branches, if you see anything that's that's damaged or got shredded up at all, just uh, prune it out if you need to. And uh, so it is a good time to have a look at uh, look at your yard and sort of see where the where those dead, damaged, disease branching, um, if it's stuff that you can't handle. Um, give your local arborist a call. I know Mark and the crew are out there working lots. Got a couple of crews going. And we're also doing the deep um, deep root injection fertilizer throughout the summer. Just And that really helps get a lot of the food and get the energy back into the ground for a lot of our trees that are suffering. It's been a hard couple of years on them. So deep watering and some of that deep root fertilizing um, will definitely help get your trees and shrubs back in shape. And if you'd like to call me or join me on the talk or text line, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And just a couple of reminders. We got our ladybugs in, and which is great. So if you're getting the the aphids going, things like that, we got our... Uh, we got our ladybugs in for that. We got the birch leaf minor nematodes in stock. And also for the cinch bugs, they've got a new one for for that nasty thing that's going after all of our grass. So we got uh, nematodes. And nematodes are a, a natural predator type system that will go after um, some of these bad bugs. So so for the cinch bugs, if you got that in your lawn, we got great uh, nematodes for that, the birch leaf miner. And also for grubs. We got those. So we got a few of the natural predator system that uh, that we have in stock that will help you get all that stuff going. All right. Would would fifteen thirty fifteen be close to Rage Plus? No, they're two different type of fertilizers. The Rage Plus is more of an organic. I think the numbers on it are like one six two or something. I can't remember exactly. It's more of a like I like to call it like a super compost in a bottle. It feeds the roots. It gets plants doing what it should do, and sometimes you need to add a little bit of extra nutrients to it, like some nitrogen and things like that. But Rage Plus is a great product for trees, shrubs, um, things like that, perennials, uh, and some people have had very good luck. If you have good soil, you start using it um, with a lot of your flowering things. It works really quite well. Good, great with house plants. I find it better with foliage plants and things like that. And the trees and shrubs, it really gets things back into, into stuff. I'm, I'm curious to see, I've, we've recommended quite a few people with the birch trees that have died back. I'm just hopefully, uh, 
start seeing some uh, feedback on that. And I got a text here. I'm just going to do a few texts here quickly. Good morning. We have several Saskatoon bushes that have done well in previous years. This year, we have had flowers and fruit started to develop, but the fruit is now dying and shriveled away. Any idea what is wrong and what can we do to stop? My one thought is is that it just maybe not enough um, water down in the root. So just try doing some slow, deep watering on those. Just get the water down deep. We've had a fair bit of rain, but... Not a lot of, like, the one day we ate, like, two days ago or whatever it was, the, or the day before Canada on the 30th, I think, with that long pouring rain. But other than that, we've had lots of this flash rains, and that really doesn't get down into the root system. So you just got to do that slow, deep watering. And to me, if the fruit is, is shriveling up, that would be my guess. It just doesn't have enough energy to finish off the, the process of developing that fruit on there. So, and we're going to go to another text here. What do I got here? Oh, we got this. Some marks looks like on an apple tree. Yeah, either this looks like you could have some chewing, or definitely it looks like you possibly had some hail damage. Good morning. I have an apple tree. I don't know what type or age. Unfortunately, that wildly it that wildly produced last year. With noticing this year, looking at the leaves, I'm worried that it has a disease from the picture. That can you give me some insight on this issue? All of the picture, all the all of these leaves look similar to the ones in the picture. Yeah, what I'm going to just say, it looks like they get shredded up. Or I know we have lots of of caterpillars and and things like that are going at it. What I would do is on your apple tree, um, you don't have a tree well around it, and I would just remove that grass around the underneath. Just do a nice circle around it. And it looks like it probably could use some pruning, and there's been some damage in the center of it. So, um, yeah, I think I'd get someone in to get that a nice pruning. And it's using a lot of energy trying to revive some of those old broken up branches and then the damage in the middle of your tree. And that's one thing. If you're looking at your trees and they're suffering, typically... If you look closely, there there will end up being a problem, like usually some physical damage or something like that. So that is affecting that um, is what I would do. So, all right, I'm going to go to Myrna, and she has a clematis. Good morning, Myrna. Hi, good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm good. enjoying that it's sunny day. It's gorgeous out there. Yes, and... Uh First, I wanted to update with you about my bok choy that I found in yeah. a long while ago. Well, it looks like it was a bust. They became slinky. I think my setup is not good enough. Okay. <laughs> slinky skinny. So I harvested I harvested it just because I don't want to waste it, but they didn't grow very big or did they didn't it, grow fat. Okay, and just remind me, did you start from seed or did you buy the plants and, and transplant them? I I started from seed. Okay. And were you doing it in the ground or in containers? In containers. I, like, I, I yeah. want to plant bok choy inside the house just for, uh, like, if in case, you know, I yeah. could grow it inside the house. But I guess my setup didn't work. Yeah, and it does like it a little bit cooler, though. So maybe that, if you had it, and you tried growing in the house? Yes. Yeah. I, I honestly, on some of that, I think they prefer the cool nights. Yeah. As well, so it could have just been too warm, like this, and it stretched out on you like that. Yeah, probably. Because I, I know I've just uh, last night I harvested a bunch of Swiss chard, 
and my leaf lettuce is going crazy. So just, they really like those cool nights.、Oh. Like a lot of that foliage stuff, like bok choy, spinach, Swiss chard, and,、uh, and a lot of the leafy lettuce. They just, they do prefer a little bit of that. So. I'll that, try it again next time and see what happens. You probably still have enough time, you know? Like, because there are、Before、days. For the outside, but not inside. I no, want to experiment for inside. Yeah, I think you have enough time for outside, though. Yeah. Yeah, so you should try, just do a window box or something and just try a little small row of it and see if you can get it going. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And what's and, up? You have your clematis. What's up? Yes, clematis. I, I bought a few clematis, but they. I didn't realize there's only four, and I always kill my clematis. I have, I've tried it so many times. Like two t- sometimes they grow for two years and then they're gone. They don't、yep. come back again. So, why is that? Is it because of the zone that I was buying, it, or it, is it the kind of clematis?、Um, typically, and, and depending on where you have them,、uh, if you're on the east or, or sort of a southeast location, is best for them. They like the bright sun. All through the morning, halfway through, but they don't really like the, the hot evening sun. So,、oh, yeah, they're in the back where it's sunny in the morning and then、uh, okay. cold in the afternoon. Okay, so that should be good. It, but it has been, the last couple of years have been very hard on a lot of that stuff because it, like I, I, mean, I mentioned, it lots is, are very dry falls. So, do you have mulch over top of your clematis? Like, yes, I actually meant my soil with all kinds of nutrients. I even put sea soil, peat moss, and good soil that I buy, you know, ready、yeah. to make, ready, sometimes even potting soil because I wanted it to, like a good mixture. Yep,、yeah, so the, the only thing I do differently, Myrna, is just ensure that you're watering it in really well once you get into fall, like, like、oh. September, October. Continue to water and maybe put a little bit of extra bark mulch on top just so they stay frozen. Because a lot of times they have such small root systems. And when we get those totally dry, like October, November, December with no snow cover and then just、um, dry, 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 it just desiccates the root system. So there's nothing left there. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Uh, I do that with lots of my perennials. Maybe I missed it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is, it, it's been hard on a lot of them. So, okay. It, all right. Anyways, so, I, we, we contacted Mark and、um, yeah. Mark has pruned it up with our tree. I think、um, Glenn had, had texted you with what our tree looked like last weekend. And、um, he hasn't come yet. What is your take on a tree that has been the healthiest tree in the, in the block? To no tree, it's just a third of the tree is growing. Okay.、Um, again, what type of tree is it?、Um, I think it's a tree. Can you? I, I, don't, I don't remember the picture. I'm sorry. Like, actually, I, <laughs> the text, I, I do get a couple hundred on during the show here. So oh, yeah,、um, yeah. maybe if you, if you could just send it, I think you have my contact. Just send it to me directly. And you can even just email me the picture to Let's Talk Gardening. At siugc.ca. Okay. And then I get those direct and then、um, I'll have a look at those. Okay. All right. Thanks, Myrna. We are in appointment to, for him to come and take a look anyway. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Myrna. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. We're met for time.、Uh, maybe I'll do one more quick one and then we'll take a break. Good morning, Dalton. Hi, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I've got a quick question for you. I have an indoor birds of paradise. Yep. And the ends 
of the leaves are splitting. Is there a reason why it's doing that, or is that just normal for the plant? It's fairly normal for the plant, and part of it is um, the dryness of our of our air. And when they get those bigger foliage, like you'll see even on a lot of their Dracaena and the smaller leaf things, will they'll do that. But the Pertoberta, it tends to split off like that. It almost looks like it's been shredded a little bit at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fairly normal. Just try and do consistent watering, slow, deep watering through it. Like when you do water it, take it into the sink if you can. Flush it all the way through. And and they're, they're not a super heavy feeder, but you can feed them with a 15, 30, 15, and that helps. Um, with the higher middle number, it helps with the with the leaf as well and the root structure. Just because they got to sustain, like when they get those leaves, they're fairly big. So they okay. just need the, the energy to sustain that, so... Okay, so 15, 30, 15. Yeah, higher middle number for those, um, and then that'll help produce some blooms for you as well. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Merle. All right, thanks, Dalton. Take care. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I got a text here. It says, hi, Merle. We have a rose issue. Help. Had a green worm in one bud and then browning petals. And it looks like it is, I think it's a Morden. Looks like that series. And it, what it is, is this those rains that we've had, too, getting on top. And then what I would use is BTK um, on on your roses for those little, the little worms. Um, you can also use um, Pure Spray Green because it'll help with any of the powdery mildew, which we might tend to see if things keep getting these afternoon uh, rains. It's just from inconsistent watering. When you get that many big blooms, you get a lot of water sitting on them. Um, they will rot out like that. But um, as you deadhead, and this is what this time of year where it's really important. We haven't talked a ton about deadheading. And so when your roses and that just start going, the buds just start going, uh, this is the time you want to start trimming them off all the time because that will trick your plant into producing more and more blooms because it'll think, well, I haven't reproduced. I better get going. I got to do more blooms, more blooms. So um, what you want to do is ensure that you're deadheading all your annuals, even your perennials and a lot of your uh, your shrubs that are blooming for you. And I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to talk to Teresa. Good morning, Teresa. Hi. How can I um, help you? Um, my neighbor has um, raised a, a garden 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 bed, beds, and, okay. and they haven't. For the last three or four years, no, nobody's nobody's been putting any any vegetables. Anyways, it's the weeds on there is coming under the fence, and it's the invasive bellflower. Yeah, and I don't even bother um, putting in a garden because it just it just overtakes the vegetables. So I've been digging them out and trying to get. Is there any way of stopping? Them from coming underneath. Um, you can you can spray them like with a Killax like multiple times. Um, digging down and putting a um, it's it, they're very invasive, so it's really hard. Like it's just, um, and especially if the neighbors aren't doing anything about it, it makes it even harder. Yeah, because they 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 are very invasive. The seed spreads quite quickly, 
And so all you can do is just try and keep on them with like with a kill X or a roundup, something like that. And uh, you just have to be pretty diligent. Okay. All right. If, if I put the um, newspaper over top no. of... No. Oh. No. It won't do anything. It'll go no. underneath. The, the roof yeah, will go underneath. Yeah, it just won't, uh, won't get rid of those. Like, and then you got a bunch of newspaper and stuff, so... Okay. Maybe yeah, let's put, have... If you put thick bark mulch um, down, that will help because then it makes them really weak. By the time they get through the, the bark mulch, they're very easy to pull out. So you could try that, oh, but I think I, I would just be just diligent with the, like I said, either the Kellex or the or the Roundup. Even if it's a garden area, the, the next year I'll put some. Yeah, well, actually, if you if you do have if you're going to use it as a garden, like a veggie garden, then I probably wouldn't use okay. use the Roundup or the Kellex. Um, then you're just digging. You just have to go in and either weed whack them down or, like I said, put a really heavy thick mulch down over top. Yeah, I've been digging them out, and my goodness, there's a lot of roots. Oh, yeah, I know. They're invasive. They're hardy little devils. Oh, they are. Like, I, I dig, and I dig, and... and yep. uh No, they're, they're, a, they're a hard one to keep control of. So. Right, well, maybe I need to have a talk with them. Yeah, that's always the nice thing to do, say, hey, how about we work together and get rid of these things? But they, they, they're renting, and they don't... Yeah, really no, like but still a lot of people... Yeah, or maybe talk to the landlord then or something and see if yeah. they'll help you out. All right. Thanks, Teresa. Okay, thank you. All right. Where are we at? I'm just going to go to Tracy. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning, Merle. How can I help Um, you? Merle, I have an absolutely beautiful, huge juniper tree. Mm -hmm. And beside it was a first Cynthia. And you guys at one point had come out and we cut it down to the ground. It was kind of growing into that juniper. So hopefully now as it's coming up, we'll be able to prune it and kind of keep it in control. But in the meantime, that north side of that big, beautiful juniper, um, some of the branches are just gone. Like It really just kind of looks like there's a great big sea hole in it. Yeah, and that'll um, happen, so- on this, especially on the north side, because um, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of light, and it's up against the, like, up against the house or whatever. No, no, it's right out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. And then the forsythia, it's just when we cut the forsythia down. I oh, think it, it, it left that empty spot there. That's right. Yeah. So, so what will happen to that tree and what do we need to do now? Uh, just trim out the brown stuff. Like Even if you get a, like a good thick pair of gloves and just run your your fingers through it, remove a bunch of the slow. And you can try and fertilize like 30, 10, 10, see if you can get some growth into those spots. Um, but if they're, if those branches are just totally dry and dead, then you just gotta, you gotta go in, unfortunately, and just prune them out and hopefully that it, it, it'll, uh, it'll grow back in those empty spots. So will the branch actually come back on a juniper if I, if I prune them back nicely? Uh, they'll grow back into that spot, but it, it, as you know, they're slow growing here in Calgary. And right. it, it takes, like, it's not like Kelowna, like my brother lives in, he has a 30 foot, cedar hedge all the way around his pool right and he gets the guys in in the spring they trim it all back and then they fill in within two months and they're full right oh, yeah like here nice. yeah not so much here right so um okay. it's just they're all not right. native to this area right so it's they're it's very hard to uh to ensure that they will the the recovery is slow that's all all right and one really simple question i think is I had just picked up, um, it's getting slim pickings now, um, but I picked up some Jacob's Ladder, and 
Um, to have a nice little grouping of them in my shade garden, how many? I picked up three. Do you think that that? I mean, that's a good start. Quite, yeah, they yeah? Get, yeah, that's that's fairly good start. Like they're going to get eighteen inches wide. Like that's a good, like that's a good start. And I know Zoe's working super hard. We got um, the next crop of perennials is coming back in. So it's always hard. Like They have to be to a certain size, certain limit before they can release them. So we're getting into the next phase of a lot of our growers are going to release a bunch more perennials in the larger pots. So so keep an eye. And I know Zoe's working super hard on, on getting um, new plants in. And especially this year, it's it's been a bit of a battle as we're all striving to keep our stock up. And the tree lot is jam-packed. And I know Zoe just got a, a bunch of perennials. And I know there's a whole bunch coming in. We just got a few lists coming in that those are getting replenished um, more that we're getting into the summertime. That'll be nice. And Merle, is just with the hail and all the damage so many people have had, is there, I know I was there yesterday um, looking for some annual yeah. baskets. Is it just too late for them yeah. because of this crazy Yeah, and period? they're just all gone. Yeah, it's just typically okay. by this time we're usually done with annuals. Um, you might be able to find a few, but there's just none available. All right. So just go to your gar- go to yeah. your neighbor then. Yep, exactly. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. I gotta take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and I'm just gonna go right to the phone lines. We're gonna chat with David. Good morning, David. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, I've got uh, zucchini yeah. growing in a bucket that I roll in and out of my greenhouse. It gets pretty cold out here at night. Yeah, It is producing fruit flowers like crazy, but no pollen flowers. And are you? do you see them, like, um, do they have any of the lumps right at the end of the blooms, like, or right at the start of the bloom, like, closer to the, to the branches? Yeah, it's at the base. It's the fruit flowers that are coming like crazy. And just to get nothing to... Uh, nothing to pollinate it with. Huh. Um, you can try and do a little bit. There should be some coming. Like, if you're getting lots of that, what are you fertilizing with? Um, what was I using? Oh, gosh, I can't even remember now. I would try and use, a, like, a 15-30-15. That, I think that's what I've been using, yeah. Okay. But if you're seeing that fruit there, you can remove a few of them. And so you, what you can do is remove... If you're getting lots of fruit ones, like remove a third of them, so all the energy that we can spread out the energy into into less fruit. Oh so, yeah. So that way you'll get more production. Yeah. Uh, will it cross pollinate with other types of squash? It, it definitely could. Yeah. If I if, kept it outside more. Absolutely. The yeah. Bees the bees do a lot of work for us, and they go all over the place, right? So. Yeah. So I, I have a feeling if you if you're seeing the fruit at the end, you're going to be okay. There's no problem there. I just haven't had any set up because there's no pollen. Yeah. So what you just need just just be patient. Open them up. Let them be outside a bit more, and uh, and go. You just have them in a nice deep, um, dark colored pot. Yeah. Awesome. No, that's perfect. Like I've uh, I borrowed a pollen flower off one of my neighbors, but I think it was past its prime. It it didn't have. It, the, so you just use the Q-tip or something or a paintbrush. Yeah. I just took the flower and I. I yeah dabbled with that, but I think it was past its better... I, th- I think if it's outside, like, I, I, I'm pretty confident Mother Nature's going to help you out. Yeah. All okay. right? Thanks, David. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
Yeah, Mother Nature's pretty resilient, and I always I always find she comes through when you when you really need her. So I uh, I would just go with that for the most part. And uh, here I got another one. It says, hi, Merle, my juniper has these branches that look like they are dying. Should I just cut them off? Absolutely. Like when they're brown, when your juniper branches go brown, they will not they will not come back. Like once they're brown, they're brown, unfortunately. And we've seen a ton of it this year. So now you'll be able to sit on that little bench that you got there that the juniper is overtaking. So, yeah, I would definitely just got to cut those out, unfortunately. So... And good morning, Merle. Can you please tell me what's happening to my spinach and chard leaves? It, it's a little leaf miner that gets in there. And I, I was frustrated, too. I've seen them on mine, um, and I have mine in brand-new soil up on the deck, nowhere near. And you think, where do these come from, these little leaf miners? But they've gotten in there. So I, as soon as I see them, I cut them off, and it seems to help. So as soon as you start seeing it, just got to inspect your leaves sort of every day. And just and then just cut those off. So what it is, it's just a little leaf miner that gets in there. It's like the birch leaf miner and a couple other ones. Um, so that's all you can do on that one. It's because uh, you don't want to use any kind of systemic or or anything on those because you're going to be eating that. So what else? Yeah, one more. This was it before. And thanks, love the show, Chris from Innisfil. So it looks like a beautiful double flowering plum, and then. Now, oh, let's just cut it right back. Or what happened here? Sorry. I'm trying to. Hi, I've cut my plum bush down and it's coming back great. Do you know of any techniques or literature to train this into certain shapes? It's really hard to do the shapes when you have a flowering shrub because the more you trim it, you're going you're gonna to lose all those buds. Um, for that time, unless you're just looking for a foliage type shrub, then then you can do it. But you can definitely just shape it. Like you can, as some of the branches, you can trim it to even it up. But to uh, try and shape it, it's probably something I wouldn't recommend because you're going to lose a lot of your blooms. So, and I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning. How are you doing, Great man? Good morning out there, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a beautiful day. Beautiful. Yes. So what's what's happening for you? Did you get my uh, text on that poor, uh, what do you call it, the uh, Asiatic? Uh, yeah, the Asiatic. I didn't get your text. Oh, I sent one there with a picture. It's just awful. Yeah, no, so, I didn't get it. How do I attack the uh, red beetle? Um, what we're finding, get... ambush has been working really well for people. Yes. And and just being diligent. Just get out there and you just got to spray it with the, with the ambush. And just inspect and squish. <laughs> oh, because I have not seen one of them. Well, that's good. Oh, but they sure made a mess of my uh, plant. Yeah, they're just tiny little, like they're just like a small, like they're half the size of a ladybug sort of thing, right? Oh, that small. Yeah, so oh. they're not quite as big as a regular ladybug. So depending on the size, about usually about half or three quarters of the size of a ladybug. But they, there's not lots of them. They always seem to be one or two per plant. But man, they can do a lot of issues. So, oh well, they sure did. So, so what I you need to do is, on? yeah, spray it on. But if they've taken a whole bunch of the foliage and it just doesn't look great, you might be better off just to cut it right down, fertilize with fifteen thirty fifteen, and see if you can just get it growing again from the bottom. Or you can start switching to like more of a Stelladora lily or some of the other ones. The Asiatic have unfortunately it, they're just getting devastated with that little beetle. So, well, this is the first time I've had this for about seven years. Yeah, 
and uh, first time ever. But it's just oh, multiplied. I don't know five times yeah. since I got it. Yeah, that's all you can do. Okay, and I did send the uh, another text reference uh, <clears throat> the uh, station. Is it not on a delay? Um, no. No, no. The 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 texts aren't. I I just it's probably in here. I just haven't got. I got quite a few, so I just yeah. I'm mention. I'm doing it in between uh, when I get on the breaks, and I kind of do it try and do it in between. So, alrighty. Oh, pleasure, boy. My garden's really growing now. Potatoes are growing about an inch a day. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Pretty take sure. care, John. Bye bye. Bye. All right. I gotta take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And again, I'm getting quite a few of these questions. Um, powdery mildew is going to start coming in and aphids. So pure spray green works awesome for both of those. So what I would I would recommend, uh, I just had a, a text. Hi, Merle, I have a 200-foot caragana shelter built that was cut down a couple of years ago, and now it's back up to five feet high. It's just that you've had so much new foliage as well. And with those rains we have on the on the leaves, it does create the powdery mildew. So you need to spray them with that. It works really well. The pure spray green will get rid of powdery mildew. It's a fungicide and an insecticide. So uh, right now, and when you have aphids, I had another texture um, on the elm tree. You need to do it every five days sort of thing because they're born pregnant. And they just, if you don't, you have to break the cycle. You kind of need to do it every every five days for three weeks in a row to, to get them under control. So I'm going to go up to Dwight. Good morning, Dwight. Hey, Merle. How's it going? Good, good. How are you? Great, great. I got a stampede joke for you. All right. Knock, knock. <laughs> Who's there? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's Yahoo, not Yeehaw. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I got a question about catnip. Yep. I started a nice catnip plant about January and it grew into a beautiful plant. I took it out to the greenhouse. Neighbor's cat came over. Yeah. And ate it. Yeah. Well, that's what they love it, right? Uh, I just wondered if it's poisonous. Well, I think it, it works like the cannabis for the, for the cats. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they keep coming back. Yeah. Right. Cat came back, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, it's not poison. I just think it'll uh, it gets them that buzz, right? And that's yeah. what they. So. I've heard that, but I didn't think it'd sneak into my greenhouse. Yeah, no kidding. Just yeah. well, have to start another one, I guess. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Take take care, Dwight. Good to hear Good from one. you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Bye bye. All right. Where are we at? We're going to go to Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How good. can how can we help you today? Is there any way we can get our roses to bloom more? Um, yes, deadheading yeah. and fertilize, 15, 30, 15. Okay. Um, you got to make sure you feed them. They're heavy feeders. And then just oh. good, consistent watering, like, and not necessarily on the leaves. You want to water as much as possible at the root system. Slow, deep watering. Oh, yeah, just put the hose there and let it go. Yep, yep, just slow trickle or those soaker hoses work great for roses because you don't want to spray water all over the leaves because you end up with powdery mildew. Yes. 
Um, but deadheading super important. If if the, if people yep. leave the blooms on, the the plant thinks, okay, I've done my job. I've reproduced. I've I've created a bunch of seed. I don't need to do anything more. So, but so if you deadhead, just when the leaf, well, just when the blooms start going, yeah, and even. Do some cut flowers, take them off, and bring them into the house. It's amazing how much more um, flowers you'll get. So, except Persian yellow, exactly. They bloom once, and that's it. That's so, the only thing I don't like about it. I know they're gorgeous. There is a couple other good yellow varieties out there. Oh, okay. but yeah, everybody sees those Persian yellow, and every time, like so, for, so the second or third week in June, yeah. to the first week in July, I get everybody asking, you got Persian yellow, you got, what are those yellow roses? What are those? Yeah. Because they're stunning, right? Like they look gorgeous. Yeah. So. The same as Australian coppers, they're pretty too. Yeah, they are very nice. Yeah. Yeah. But it's coming right up from the ground. All the roses are. Yeah. Coming from the ground up. Well, and depending on which one it is, it, that's good or bad. As long as it's not on a grafted root, if yeah. it's on, you want to cut them off. If it's cutting, if they're coming up below the 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 crotch and the and the tra- where they've done the graft. Oh yeah. If it's coming up below that, you just want to cut those off because that'll be the the hardy root that's coming up, and oh. the, and it doesn't produce any blooms like or very nice blooms at all. So. Oh really? Yeah. Because my Persian yellow is coming right up from or Persian yellow. My Australian copper's coming up right from yeah, the Yeah, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm trying to remember if those are grafted or not, but I think those are a hardy shrub. I don't think those are grafted, so you should be okay. I think we'll leave it and see what happens. Yeah, but if, if it looks a little bit different, typically like on a lot of the hardy shrub roses, they've been grafted, and then okay. uh, they just won't uh, produce the nice blooms on the... It's just that. They put them on a hardy rootstock. Okay. All righty. All right. Thanks, Merle. You have a good day. Hi, you, everybody. You too. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go. We're going to do all the surrounding Calgary right now. We're going to go to Strathmore. Good morning, Gloria. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> I was just making some strawberry jam. With, oh, nice. With some of the strawberries that are left. Um, you know, I've got the weirdest thing this year. The... I've got um, uh, June bearings, and they are um, rotting. They're they've they've got the weirdest thing. I've never had that before. They they look like they've been boiled. Like part of their part of the strawberry yeah. is pale and and soft and and yucky. Yeah, are they sitting on the ground or are they? Oh, they're in the ground. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and part of it is is just. It could be depending on what part of town, if you're somewhere where you've been getting lots of those rains, um, it, a lot of that just sitting there, the cool dampness on them has been it been really quite tough on them. So I see you're in Strathmore. So you've been, you guys have been getting a lot of that, those those rains and this, the coolness. That could be part of it. So it's it's not a fungus or a disease or anything I, like I, that? No, I don't think. I just, it, it just, uh, a, a character of the of the environment at that time. It's just typically we we have some more warmth, but just that lots of that rain and just keeping them moist and damp underneath like right. that. It's just causing that. So I just think it's just deforming some of your fruit and things like that. So because they're pretty resilient for the most part. Like, do the leaves look all healthy and? Yeah. yeah. So that would tell me like usually if there's a fungus or something, it'll, it'll affect the foliage a lot more. Okay. So you should be good. Could I ask one more question? Sure. Last year, my crab apple tree started getting um, 
these, uh, you know, where the buds are, the branches, you know how, how the, the leaves start on a sort of like a bud yep. on the branch? Well, they all turned brown and died. And and the whole branch would die after so, a while. And what kind of tree again was it? Sorry. A crab apple. Okay. Just on the ends. Yeah. And that's, again, that was from last fall when it got that really cold. Like when it went from, we were at plus 15 to 20 and then went down, depending where you were too. And I know in Strathmore, it went cooler out there. You guys got that minus 20, whatever, minus 18, 17 in September. Um, that just freeze dried a bunch of those branches on the ends. But, but, you know, this happened during the summer. And so I cut all the So they came out branches. and then they went brown. Yeah. Okay, it could be a blight. That is a, then it, if it sort of, and does it look like it sort of curled over in a little bit of black? Yeah, they're, they're, they're dead. They're yeah, brown. no. And, they, and you, this year, same thing. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like you might have fire blight. So you might want to get a an arborist in or you need to cut a bunch of that out. You can use a copper spray, but they should be cut out. If you have the blakes, it's fairly invasive and it usually, did it come right after a rainfall? Don't know. Okay. Cause that's to be, it activates the spore. Like the rain uh, hits it, it almost like fire blade. It looks like it'll almost come overnight. Oh, okay. Alrighty. So just, just got to prune it out. Yeah. Just, but you got to clean your pruners in between and then you can use a product like copper spray or something like that on it. After, after, after you prune, prune it. it. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to Don. Good morning, Don. Hey, good morning. How are you today? Good, good. Sounds like good. you had a little battle going on. Uh, a little battle going on? Yeah. Mice versus cucumbers. (laughs) Yes, exactly correct. Mice versus cucumbers. That was my question. Before I get to it, though, I wanted to mention, you know, or ask you, we moved here about 25 years ago, started listening to this radio station. A couple of old fellas that did a plant show. I yep. even seem to remember you on there one day with them. Yep. No, I used to co-host. All three of us would do it, and we'd mix in between their days off and things like that. And, uh, yeah, Wade retired. He's out in Victoria right now. And uh, and Barry just uh, came down to health, and he passed away. So well, you've done a great job filling their shoes, that's for sure. Thank you. It's never never easy taking over from two old uh, wily veterans like that. So well, uh, it's been a lot of years listening to you, so it's great. Thank you. I had a smart young fellow tell me to keep bulls away during the winter to shave uh, an ivory soap bar around the perimeter, and they don't like the smell. And that would keep them away. Would it work with mice as well? And is, uh, uh, yeah, I've heard the Irish Spring. I've like in. Um, it's hard to say. Like sometimes, if uh, if there's nice cucumbers there and they get a taste of that, they walk right by the Irish Spring. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got netting over some berries and they get trapped in there. It's hard to get them out. Yeah, so I would just too. use. I would just again set some mouse traps. That's all I got. Eh? That's what I got as well. They yeah, don't seem to, they don't seem to fall for the peanut butter in the trap anymore. Though, okay. Yeah, maybe I mix that. Maybe cut up some cucumber in there. <laughs> Okay, I'll try that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's all. But that's about all you can do. Thanks. Okay, bye bye. All right, let's go to Linda. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. I'm so happy to talk with you. I've been listening to the show since Wade Wade and Barry were on it years ago. Oh, nice. So uh, I've been gardening in the Calgary area for over sixty years, and I just want—I have about three comments about the uh, leaf miner. Yes. 
Um, I, I planted my winter spinach. It came up, and it, then I noticed it started to get that, so I picked those off. Yeah. I moved them to a planter, and I put roll cover, and then it doesn't bother them. That's a that and that's a very good thought. Yeah, for your carrots and that, and we 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 brought that row cover in especially this year. It has the hoops and the cover especially for that. So actually, that's a great tip. And the other thing with the leaf miner, I noticed that they've been attacking my sweet peas and my garden peas. So I tried pure spray green on the bottom part of yep. the leaves on the on the peas, the garden peas, yep. and they haven't seemed to migrate up. Well, that's so good. that's what I've done. And so then you've I'll caught just... them below. That's good. Yeah, yeah the miners, um, since they've um, gotten rid of a lot of the systemic um, chemicals, like, unfortunately, they've really gone after our birch trees. You're seeing it in our aspen trees. We're seeing it in a bunch of trees that they never were before. And then it's... Because I remember my mom growing a huge garden, and we had Swiss chard coming out our... Ying yang, right? Like crazy amounts of. And I never, rem- I never remember no, leaf miner ever, ever. It just seemed to come the last. Years. Yeah, absolutely. Same beet leaves. It goes. Yeah. yeah. So. It, and, yeah, it's a, it's a new thing that has been brought into our area. So. Then the other one was about the squash with the fellow having the yes. zucchinis. They, the female flowers always come first. The male flowers are usually about a week to two weeks later. Okay. Anytime I've grown squash, so he just needs to be a bit more patient. Yeah, like you said, nature. Yep, I, I, I really like. I'm not big on trying to, to do it too much. Like Mother Nature, and it's amazing. Like people ask me when they buy a fruit tree, do I have to worry about the cross pollination? Sometimes yes and no. But if you're in a in a neighborhood where there's a bunch of trees, chances are there's going to be someone within eyesight of of your place that Mother Nature is going to look after you fine. So. I I I'm a big believer in Mother Nature, so um, it works. So then, my last point was on the clematis. So at Myrna, and she's wondering yep. about her clematis. Um, I always look at the label. They're grow, known as pruning groups A, B, and C. Yep. I sent you a quick text on that. And, and I just C say, is a the is best. For Alberta. Yeah. B is for BC. Avoid them like the plague. Yep. And, and C is for Calgary. And if you if you pick up A and, and C, you're going to have good results. Yep. Absolutely. And and so that's my quick acronym on how to remember it. A nope. is for Calgary, C is for Cal- uh, no, and A is B, for Alberta. And C stay away from BC. B. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Only that's all in the class. To say, but you know, Th- that, those are great those- tips. And I, I totally, really, really appreciate it, Linda, because um, I try to remember everything as much as I can, but it's definitely, I love hearing, and that's one thing about gardeners. Um, they love sharing, and and we do it in a in a graceful way when we share our knowledge and uh, and people benefit from. So all the people that heard you today, so totally appreciate, Linda. Thank you so you much. You know, just like new plants, sleep, creep, and leap. <laughs> yep, absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks, Have a Linda. Good day. Thank you. Bye bye. Great tips from Linda. So it's uh, it's awesome when people share. And I'm going to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Jennifer. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Merle. How are you today? Good, good. How can I help you? 
Well, I'd like to thank you, first of all, for your advice every week because um, I listen diligently and uh, I then share with my neighbors and they all think I'm so smart that I know what I'm doing all the time. <laughs> nice. Well, that's good. And that's what I mentioned earlier. Um, and uh, I think it was uh, Linda, I think it was, who shared her tips on the on the perennials. And yes. I, and I kind of remembered yes. it, but I, but I forgot, but that, that's the... Absolutely, for an Alberta clematis lover, that's the best way to remember them, right? So A's for yeah, Alberta, yeah, B's exactly. BC, and C is Calgary. So yeah, per- perfect. Yeah. No, I love that tip. So I, I have a couple of questions for okay. you. And the first one, now I, I sent you um, a text, which I neglected to put my name on, so you probably wouldn't know it's from me. Okay. Um, but earlier this year, I purchased um, three bee bombs and three blue flax um, from you. Okay. And I put them in my garden. And um, the, the two of the bee bombs and two of the flax look spectacular. They're doing really well. But the third bee balm and flax, uh, they're not doing so well. Now, I noticed that where they're planted, they're put, I put them in front of where I have um, a Virginia creeper. There are some other plants around there. There's some snow in summer. There's uh, a hookara. There's um, some bulbous oak grass and some maiden pinks. Okay. And the, the clematis, or sorry, not the clematis, but the the Virginia creeper. Some of the leaves started to curl on me a little bit. Now yeah, there's no uh, sign of bugs or anything on it at it's all. It's fairly think- normal with those. They tend to, and if it's the older leaves on the bottom, they tend to shed those a bit. Okay, okay, that that could be it. But the the bee balm and the flax just look awful. The, the flax is almost dead. It essentially turned brown, and it's only got a couple of, um, a few little green um, sprouts left on it. Um, and the bee balm looks, I don't even know how to describe it. But it and did you take, right. in, the, in your text, you, you have a picture of it? Yes, I do. I, and okay. I sent a picture of and today? Uh, two pictures. But what, yeah. but what one, time do you know, them, roughly? Uh, what time did I send it? Yeah, I can sort of go through here and I can take a look. I got um, 300 texts. Nine, <laughs> yes, okay. 9.37 a.m. Okay, I can I, I can it. scroll down and I can see what... Uh, I have 9.38. Nope. Um, okay, I, my only thought is, is typically, are the two that are doing bad, are they in the same area? Yes, they're about six feet apart. Okay, so that's quite a ways away. Did you do anything different to that soil that you didn't do to the other soils? No, no. This is um, no. This is an, an old bed. I mean, I've had this bed for fifteen to twenty yeah. years now. It, like, the only thing I can think of is maybe that one area with a new plant maybe got dried out more than the other ones, and so just. Uh, what I would do is pull away any of the bad foliage, water it in well, because usually the first year your perennials they do okay, but you're not getting the big show. Is sort of the second year, you're, or you're, the first year you're almost buying a root a lot of times with right. your perennials. Right. So just ensure that you g- make sure you water it well, fertilize it with fifteen thirty fifteen, and then hopefully you'll get some uh, recovery next spring. I I have done that that's exactly what i've been doing Perfect. i water them diligently it's the the leaves almost look deformed it's the thing it's it's very um it's okay. odd so 
Okay, I, I I'll try and if I find it here, I will. Uh, you'll hear me chat if you're going to listen in for the rest of the show, and sure. uh, and I'll see what I can do for you. All right. Okay, and then the second question is about a weeping caragana okay. that has been in place for 20 years now, um, has always done quite well, and this year it first didn't push out any buds, um, and I've been listening, and again, I, I put some of the uh, 105210 to, yep. on a lot of the plants to try and help them push out some of their... Yep. You know, health, health the root, give the root some health. But the um, first there were no buds, and then eventually there were some buds, uh, just a few, um, pruned out all the dead stuff, cleaned it all up. Um, the buds that are there are now wilting. They don't look healthy. Huh. It could be, like, they, they have a certain, unfortunately, a lifespan and there could be a fungus got into there. If it kind of looks like it's rotting a bit from the middle, possibly, because they 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 don't go forever. Like they tend because they've been grafted on top. Um, they it eventually they do sometimes rot out in the middle and thing, and they just yeah. so it it looks healthy. Did the bark and everything? The, the wood looks healthy. There's no, you know, there's no black in the center. There's no fungus. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I would maybe try is uh, Rage Plus. Like, try okay. some of that. Rage Plus is a phenomenal one to get the tissue going again. And okay. if you if the if the bark and everything still looks alive, um, try the Rage Plus. But that's the only thing I've seen here again. And, and again, this past year, a lot of that freeze drying. Yeah. And caragannas yeah. are one that got affected. Apples, aspens, like, yeah. there's a bunch All of trees. My yeah, no, and it and it could it is, that could just be the remnants from from that from the freeze drying from last fall. So okay, all righty. Okay, so all right. Thank you very much. All right, thank you so much. Bye bye. All right, and where I'm at for time, I still good for a bit. I'm gonna go to Tom. Good morning, Tom. Hi, Merle. Hey, how can I help you? Yeah, I'm just phoning for my brother-in-law. He's got a he's northwest of Red Deer. Yep. And he's got planted a pear tree or two last year and then this past winter the deer got in and chomped mm. on the top of them. Yeah. So I'm just wondering what we can do to help out the pear tree. Um did they shred did they go after the main bark? Like Well, it, they 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 chomped on the top of the tree. So the one tree anyway that I looked at, it's kind of shredded on, on right on the very top of the yeah, it's just Damn. which isn't bad. You can prune it down below that, and uh, and and just where the damage is, because a lot of times they love going after the main trunk. Yeah, well, that's what they did. Oh, okay, if they shred it all over the trunk, there's not a lot you can do. You can try and clean it up, and we have a product called Lac Balsam. Okay, it's a bark replacement. And it's just like if you peeled your skin off, like we wouldn't last very long because then that's very similar with the tree. Like if the if something gets in there and just shreds like that. So what I would use is an X-Acto knife and I'd go like one or two centimeters in into some healthy bark and then just sort of cut a square out or something just so it's nice and clean cut. And then I would spread the lac balsam in there and that's a bark replacement that'd be all i would do and use rage plus rage plus okay i thought maybe rage plus yeah it's it's just the very top of the tree they just chomped on the top so it's kind of yeah so just if like i said if it's just the smaller branches just cut them off but if it's on the main trunk you, you need to to tidy that up because it just opens the wound up and it'll just slowly get in there and spread 
So Okay, so so how far down would I cut from the top where they ate the top off? Well, just you want to come out two or three centimeters below, just so you're creating a nice clean edge so it's not shredded, you know, from the deer. Okay, good. Does that make sense? It does. Okay, good luck. Thank you, sir. Enjoy All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I got time for one more. I'm going to go to Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Oh, hi, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can good. I help you? I love your garden center. I love that I can bring my corgi in. She loves everybody in there. Absolutely. And, uh, we love when people bring the pets in for a little visit. Yeah, and that's rocky. Yeah, no, we all do. And uh, and we've had uh, squirrels coming in lately going after our bird food. So the talk of getting another rocky is coming up a bit because... The squirrels didn't last too long if uh, Rocky was around. So No, no. He didn't really like Ness either, but that's the deal. Yeah, he didn't like dogs, yeah. No. He's, Rocky's gone after a few dogs. Like, this now is... she attacked Ness, and every time Ness used to go in there after, she'd always try to look for her just to make amends. Yeah, Rocky wasn't, he held a grudge forever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Merle, um, uh, I have Mark, your uh, yep. pruner, coming here in the end of July. Okay. Um, our birch tree that's probably 40-plus years old. Oh. I know, beautiful tree. First year, um, he told us it's probably got bronze birch borer bug. Okay. Um, and he said, um, give it deep root watering, and then he'll do some um, deep root fertilizing. Yep. And I'm wondering, because it's so big, he said uh, the drip line. Well, if I did the drip line, it'd be over in... Yeah, what you need is what works best for those are those soaker hoses, those hoses yep, that yep, sweat. Yeah, one of those. Yep, so if you just lay that around the perimeter where the leaf, like all the way around the outside, so you might need one or two of them, um, depending on how big it is, and that that's sort of where you just soak it in. Yeah, but like what I'm saying is if I did the perimeter of the tree, it'd be out in the middle of the road, like should uh, I go... Okay, yeah, you can only do it in the grass area, then that's all. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, and then I'm putting some Rage Plus on it afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. The, the birch trees love the Rage Plus. Um, so is this the first year that you've had dieback like that? Yeah. Yeah, so I would get on it fairly quickly. No, I have been doing okay, it. And I'm awesome. wondering how long, like the deep soak watering. On a tree like that, I'd leave it for seven, eight hours really? once a week. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. It's just there's so much root, and you got to think how much moisture it needs to get all the way to the top of that big bad boy. So mm-hmm. it takes a lot of water, right? And and when we just get those flash rains, and and that's what's been really hard on like our dry falls, and and just like that rain the other day was nice. It was just that slow rain all day long, and it wasn't that slow at some places. It it poured, but that's the kind of rain you need once in a while just to get the water table back up. Yeah, okay, um, so seven or eight hours. So yeah. put it on in the morning and leave yeah, it all Yeah, just leave baby. it because you're not wasting water, right? Because it just slowly soaks in. It sweats out of there. The water's all going into the root system. It's not, you're not, like, don't put a sprinkler on there for eight hours. But those ones work great because you're not, you're not wasting any water. It just sweats out of it and just let it soak in there. And uh, you'll definitely hopefully yeah, see some. Yeah, and then the Rage Plus, silly question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I just dump it a bit of Rage Plus in a pail. It fill the pail up, yeah. Fill the pail up, and then and then um, 
pour it around the around the roots around the drip line as well. I'd go about go halfway in between the canopy, like in, from the trunk to the outer branches. Go about halfway and then just just dump it along there. Yeah, and how much rage flush like on a tree like that? I would pr- I, pails? I would probably use five pails on that one. Okay, yeah. great, Merle. All right, thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye bye. Soon, yeah. Uh, yes, look forward to it. Bye bye. Okay. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Roy. Good morning, Roy. Hi. How can I help you? Um, I've got some issues with my raspberry plant I planted this year. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure what been attacking them but there's holes in the leaves and uh, some of the bud uh, berries have just kind of dried up and crumble in your fingers yeah um do you remove the old deadwood like every uh, some of the plants i just bought this year the plants that i bought last year have done are doing better than the, the, the new ones i bought the, the ones i bought last year were mostly boiny yeah, and so, the ones I bought this year are double the light. Okay, so the first year is always tougher on a raspberry because they just get in their roots established. You typically won't see a ton of fruit production on the first year, but mm-hmm. you got to ensure that you're doing that slow deep watering, making sure because they have they have really quite a small root system. Mm-hmm. So just ensuring that they get the proper watering is important the first year, and then yeah. just fertilize with a fifteen thirty fifteen. And uh, mm-hmm. and then prune out any of the deadwood in between the years, and you, and you should be good. Yeah, but um, what do you think is has been? What kind of pest has been attacking? Um, it, it could be just there's lots of those little uh, caterpillars, like sort of like a little cutworm type thing. Right, they've been going after those. So, yeah, that's sort of what I would say. Anything, you or? could use BTK I, on raspberries and fruit crops. I only like to spray if I see something. Um, so you can use either pure spray green or P- BTK. What, BTK? What, yeah. It's, BTK, okay. All right. Well, yeah, where would I find that? Uh, um, well, you could probably get it. To, you're in Cochrane. Yeah. So it's a short drive to spruce it up if you like. <laughs> or you can, <laughs> yeah. anything grows out in Cochrane has it. You can go see Rob Heenbrock down there. He's the owner. Okay. And uh, or Tynan, his son, is there. So I'm sure they have something there to help you out. Okay, all right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Yep, you too. Yeah, bye. And where I'm at for time, I'm good. I'm going to take another call. I'm going to go up to Linda. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Well, I sent you a text, and I just as real, I'm really in a passion to find out what the heck is wrong with it. It's my tomato, and I have been afraid of getting aphids like I did last year in great swarms. Yeah. So I took a picture of it. I sent it to you on nine thirty four. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did see it. It's brown on the stem, and the leaves on that one are starting to curl. The other one is fine. It's about eight feet, 10 feet away. Yeah, it, and a lot of it is with tomatoes, they get fairly, they start growing really quick. So if any of those, I would just pull them off right away because yeah. tomatoes produce so much foliage. Yeah. Like I wouldn't worry too, too much about it. Okay. Um, I would just pull those off. It didn't look like they were distorted on the top branches. So that was fine. Um, typically tomatoes, if they get a fungus, it'll go right to the top and they almost, it reminds me of, 
like someone who has arthritis really bad in their fingers, you know, when they get kind of yeah. curly yeah. and hard. Yeah. Um, that's what the tomato, when they get that fungus, and if they get that, you just you almost have to just throw them away. Okay, and what about the brown on the stem? I have been spraying with an insect soap. Yeah, be careful with the soap. Um, if it's like, because uh, some of those you have to rinse off. Okay. If you don't rinse off, it can burn them in the sun. Okay, well, maybe that's what it's at. Yeah, yeah. so just be really careful with some of those soaps. Our our sun is so intense. Yep. So just be really careful using those insecticidal soaps. It's, that's it's, uh, Those tomatoes are straight east, too, and they okay. get a lot of hot sun. Yeah, so yeah. Okay. I would, uh, yeah, just... Def- definitely um, give them a really good rinse. Just pull off any of those damaged leaves and that, and uh, you should be good. Thank you very much, and You're I love your welcome. show. Thank you so much, and I love doing it. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And and I got a uh, crab apple tree, and you definitely have fire blight. Um, it says here, fire blight looks like fire blight to me set in last year, blue, and I blew it to nothing. What now? Cut off dead only, cut to the ground, or is this treatment I can do myself? That tree has it really bad. I would almost just remove the whole tree, unfortunately. When it's in there like that, I'm not really one for saying to remove a whole one, but that tree, I would say, is not worth saving um, the amount of dead damage and disease on there and your fire blight is infested you got the little uh, the end of the branches they sort of curl over and they go really dark brown or black color um you definitely have fire blight so i would just remove that and uh, and start fresh with something else and i'm gonna go to gwen good morning gwen hi merle how are you i'm great and i love your show all the time thank you so much how can i help you I actually have three things. Two are probably really quick. The ants. Um, I have really huge pots uh, with dirt, both in very large different spaces within my yard. Both have ants. If I go to um, weed anything in the one pot, they're just crawling all over my arm. And and the other pot, uh, it's pretty much killed whatever was in it. Yeah, so what that they almost love that. And we have a guy who calls in here. We call it the Ant Hotel. Oh. So he, he what he does is how to get rid of them. He'll do that. He'll fill a pot up with soil, with one with holes in the bottom, like yours probably. And then he puts it over by the ant hill. And typically the ants will move into that. And then they'll sort of move the whole nest into that pot because it's nice and warm, it's fresh soil, and that's how he gets rid of them. So what you've done is you've created a nicer spot for them, um, sort of like a penthouse uh, penthouse apartment <laughs> <laughs> with flowers yeah. and everything. So um, you've made it very nice for them. Mm-hmm. So what you can do is you can try and just pull the, the, cut the plants out of that pot and then just go dump the soil somewhere. Oh, okay. Because a lot of that is probably in there anyways, and then just retransplant your plants into new soil. Okay. I'm curious about that soil that's the hotel for the ants. Uh, would it be dumb to dump it on my lawn? Yeah, I wouldn't put it on your lawn because then you're just going to keep the same problem. Okay. So, like, just dump it? Yeah, like in either in your compost bin yeah. or something like that, if you have one of those green bins. Just I dump, do. Yeah, just dump it into there. Okay, yeah, so. or yeah, yeah. Don't don't give it to a neighbor or something because <laughs> then that won't be good either. So okay, so get rid of the soil in both of those then. Absolutely. 
Alrighty. Um, other quick questions. Uh, actually, I just got to take a break and I'll get back to you. I'm just on the time for the news here. Okie dokie. Thanks. All right. I'm just going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go back to Gwen. She had one more question. Good morning, oh, yes. Gwen. Good morning again. Um, the other ants are, are actually in the flower bed. I moved, I moved a, a piece of tin that was kind of nice in the garden. Yeah. And guess what's under there, a hole. Oh, by chance. So, yeah. and another product we have is uh, you can use an antote or diatomaceous earth works quite well. Oh, diatomaceous earth. Have, diatomaceous earth. Yep. So, do I buy that or what? yes? Yeah, and you sprinkle it in into the ground of that. It's like a real, real sharp sand. Oh. oh. And it makes it really uncomfortable for them. Okay, great. I'll get some from you. And then that small peony. Um, it, it just got blocked out by their plants and stuff. It is so super tiny. It used to grow big. Yeah, it needs to get moved out to somewhere full sun. So, so I, I can still move that? I, I wouldn't do it right now unless you can get a big, big chunk of it. Um, oh. I would do it early spring or like late fall, like sort of just after everything's gone dormant. Okay, and I have and to... And you got to keep it at the same height. They okay. don't. They don't like being transplanted. Oh. Um, so either remove some of the other stuff that's growing around it, or move yeah. it. Yeah. And would that be the same with a bleeding heart? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you for yeah. all your help. You're welcome. I really enjoy your show. You have a great day. You as well. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right. I'm gonna go to Brenda. Actually, good morning, Brenda. Hi. How can I help you? I took my hedge out yesterday. Okay. And um, I'm just wondering, I put, I'm supposed to put Pierce Bay Green on it, I yep. believe. Yeah, so what you want to do is do a really good cleanup and then get one of those soaker hoses as well. And do, do you still have all the brush and stuff? Yeah. You haven't hauled it away yet? Not yet. No. Hey, I'm going to help you out with that. I'm going to oh. give you a gift card for 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And they will haul branches and whatever else you got away for you. So here's, I'm going to give you $100 towards the help clean up your yard there. Wow, so our good, awesome. yeah, our good friends at 1-800-GOT-JUNK have provided us with a $100 gift card for you to use. And you can use it for, uh, for any of the trash and things like that that you need to get away. Oh, awesome. There you go. Um, so what you need to do, if you cut it right down to the ground, uh-huh. um, about th- three or four inches up, Make sure to the nice clean cuts and then give everything a good rake so you're getting rid of all that old stuff. And then what I would do is get a soaker hose, one of those sweating hoses, oh, and yeah. lay it along there and just get the slow, deep watering going into it first. Mm-hmm. And then I'd fertilize it with like either a 20, 20, 20, something like that. Okay. Just to give it a boost. And no, then I once you s- had that clam, yeah, I had the scale. Yeah, yeah. So what you need to do is this: when you start seeing foliage again, start seeing leaves, you can give it a spray of the pure spray green. But they're There's gone lots for of the most. On there now on oh. the bottom. Awesome. Yeah. So you give them a spray now, and then uh, it's more important next year. Um, 
halfway through June, sort of when they come into bloom, like the the little they start out as a fly and then they fly in around. So you got to treat them at that time. Oh, okay. I thought I had to like maybe paint each. No, no, we won't make we won't make you do that. No. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. And is it time now to refertilize with the uh, green it up? Absolutely. Yeah. Right now is a great time to do it for your second one. Okay. Great. All right. Take care. And so, what? Do, how do I get this uh, certificate for the junk? Um, I'm just going to put you on hold, oh, and then okay. Gord's going to grab your info, and uh, and then the one eight hundred junk will come get you looked after. All right. And then I'm going to go to. Um, where am I going to go? I'm going to go to Jim. Good morning, Jim. Hey, how are you? Good. Good. How can I help you? Hey, I've got a, we got a huge tree in the back uh, alley there that was, we took down last year. It was actually pushing into uh, the cinder block. It's amazing how much strength the tree can do. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's about 15, I sent you a quick picture there, but it's about 15, 18 inches in diameter. Um, so I drilled holes last year and I filled it with uh, fertilizer basically. And then, uh, and then here we are a year later and it's still, uh, she's still trying to grow. So what's a good way to get rid well, of Well, we have a stump rot thing. You drill okay. holes in it, and then it disintegrates the the stump. That's the oh, best okay. way. Okay. And it just gets right into it and sort of dis- disintegrates it from the inside out. And then how far down do you drill? Like, do you um, it, it, there's it? directions on there, usually 8 to 10 inches. Oh, okay. Yeah, so All you right. need a fairly good uh, auger bit to get in yep. there. and But... Uh, it has really good directions on it, so we, okay. it comes in a little, uh, looks like a big Tylenol bottle sort of thing. Oh, okay. Is it powder? Yeah. Okay, and you just cool. mix it and uh, and then use that, and that's what I've heard it works the very best. Okay. Because it sounds yeah. like you're up against a fence, so it's going to be hard to get a grinder in there or something, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's actually pushed right into the cinder block wall. About, yeah, so what I would do is yeah. just disintegrate it with this first and then clean it out and then see what you can do from there. Okay, thank right. you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks, okay. Jim. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, and I'm going to go... Actually, I'm just going to take a break, and uh, when I get back, we'll hit the phone lines and do a few more texts. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And speaking about the Green It Up Fertilizer, yeah, it's a, this is typically the second... Uh, time you want to do your your application for the for your green it up lawn fertilizer and just got a nice note from from a listener and a customer it says good morning merle i've listened to your show for a couple years and finally bought some lawn fertilizer it is totally amazing my lawn is so healthy thick and lush and i've received lovely compliments because friends remember the before and uh, i want to know how often you fertilize i i recommend three times a year sort of spring to get it going summertime and then again in the fall so what and how i like to do it is i usually set the setting i just measure sort of roughly how much i need um for the area rather than trying to to measure the bag and trying to go as fast as you can to get that much out i turn my settings down usually in half and i just sort of okay i need this much to do this whole area and then i'll go one way and then i'll go back the other way that way you get a good even fertilize application put on it and because sometimes you set it right where they tell you to set it um if you're walking too fast or too slow you end up running out at the end um so this way i just turn it about half of what it says and then i just go back and forth a few times and then that way you end up with a good 
good even coverage and a much better fertilizer. You're not going to be dumping too much in at any one time. And we're at for time, lots of time. I'm going to go to Marianne. Good morning, Marianne. Hi, Merle. How can I, I help you? I have a couple of questions related to the dreaded chickweed in a lawn. Yeah. Um, what is the best way to get rid of it permanently? Um, the best way is, is Killax. And uh, um, using the Killax works really quite well. It's a broadleaf herbicide that's a selective herbicide, so it won't kill your grass. And then using that in conjunction with our Green It Up lawn fertilizer because it will choke it out as well. And so between those two, you should have uh, eventually get rid of all that, no problem. Um, With with the Killax, once it looks like it's dead, should you take a trowel or something and try and pull it just leave it? No, it'll just die right down. Okay. What about, and of course I've gone online and, and looked at a few things, um, what about laying a tarp for a week or so? No. No. Uh, it's just going to kill your grass too then, right? Okay. I wondered if the grass was more resilient than the, than the chickweed. No, no. Okay. The chickweed's pretty resilient as well. So you just got to use the, like I said, just use the Killax like on a nice warm day like today is perfect. Give it a spray. And follow the directions, I guess. Yeah. So, however many hours, if it's indicating rain, make sure that yeah. they're at least yeah five so or six hours. hours or something like that. Okay. And uh, and that that works good. And if you get your lawn nice and healthy, like with yeah. the greening up lawn for like, it's amazing how you don't get the weeds. Like I haven't sprayed for one dandelion this year. I seen one pop up the other day. And and then once we mowed, it was gone. And it, it just I don't get dandelions anymore because the the lawn just stays nice and healthy, and yeah. and it chokes out the weeds. Because bluegrass is typically a, a quite an invasive species as well. Oh, okay. So most of our grass that we have here in Calgary is a blend of fescues and bluegrass, which are very invasive. So when they're nice and healthy, they will choke out a lot of other things, even quackgrass, like the. Oh. the yeah, you have That's a beautiful bird in the background. Um, you know, I have one other quick question about oh. the chickweed. <laughs> okay. Mowing the lawn, yeah. if you uh, pick up the clippings and if you're picking up the the creeping Charlie, yeah. is that going to, uh, and you put it in your black compost bin, will that, do you think, transfer any of the roots potentially? No, because if you go through the cooking process, that should just decompose it and it should be fine. Okay, good. All right. All right. And I like your bird. Is that in your in your? Are you outside or is that in your house? No, it's not my bird. I don't hear a bird here at all. Oh, I must. I don't know you if I'm so- hearing something. Yeah, maybe just something. Huh. Gord's playing with me here. So, yeah. but anyway, you have a wonderful <laughs> program. Great Thanks. information every week. Uh, Thank you. I look forward to it. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Yeah, I keep hearing a bird chirping. I don't know what's going on there. Huh. Must be just me. <laughs> All right. Where are we at for time? We got a little bit. I'm going to go up to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. Oh, good morning, Earl. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. How can I help you? Well, uh, my neighbor has some beautiful uh, goat weed. Yep. Is in my garden. Mm. And I've sprayed it, first of all, with Wipeout. Yep. And then with Killex, yeah, it, it just won't die. It, it's a very invasive and a very hardy plant. Um, so I would just—is it in full sun or is it in a shadier spot? Uh, it's kind of half and half. Yeah, because if it's in a shadier spot, it even takes longer. It almost becomes more durable. Um, I would just try again, like a couple times with the Roundup on a warmer day, and. Uh, Either that or you're just going to have to dig it out. 
It's Ooh, that's uh, what I was afraid of. Yeah, it's well, some of those ones they're just um, they're very invasive and they're just hardy. Like they just uh, they can withstand a lot of stuff. Right. Yeah, it's getting into my grass, and I want I want to plant a, a, a shrub where where some of it is, and uh, I wondered if a shrub the roots of a shrub would crowd it out. Or it no, it, the problem. it won't really compound, but it's just going to grow into your, with the, with the gout weed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's Roundup that I use. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, can I get a fairly strong Roundup? I, it doesn't really help. Just follow the directions. We do have a, like the one that says for poison ivy. Uh-huh. It's a little stronger. Okay. So I would go to that one. Yeah. And we, and we carry that. We have sort of the three kinds in the store, so... Okay. All right. Well, wish me luck. All right. Let me know. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Or just put an ad on Kijiji or something and say, free gout weed, come dig it out. (laughs) Someone will come dig it out for you. Okay. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's. uh, I see that on some of those ads sometimes you see. They'll say, "Um, free soil. All you have to do is come dig it out. It's actually kind of smart. Then they end up getting rid of all their soil and someone comes and digs it out for them. So I guess that'll work. I'm going to go to, actually, Gordon, I should just take a break, eh? And then we got a little bit of extra time at the end of the, for our last segment. We're just going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with... Sandy. Good morning, Sandy. Hi. Hi. How can I help you? I have a couple of listeria vines. Okay. Wisteria or listeria? Listeria. Okay. And and I heard that they have to be seven years old till they bloom. And this year was going to be my seventh year. And the one died. And the other one only came back from the root. It didn't come back from the vine itself. Okay. I, I think... Are you sure it's not wisteria with a W? Because uh, it's sort yeah, of a bigger... The long flower that yeah, down? Yeah, yeah. That, that's wisteria. Oh, wisteria, okay. Okay, again, very hard to get to grow here. Um, they're kind of a zone four to six, and oh. we're zone three, and depending where you are, you're down High River. So like yeah. in Calgary, we're kind of a 4A. High River, you're kind of a 3, maybe a 4 in some spots. I, I'll be honest. They need to be the ideal conditions for them to to uh, produce the blooms. And they do take a bit of time. But usually, um, like I said, do you need a nice shelter location to be facing yeah, south or west? Have- a really good location in the backyard where it's protected. Okay, but they that wind and get lots of sun. Yeah, so and they do. You just and you probably need to feed with fifteen, thirty, fifteen. So they grew again this year. Just no blooms yet. Again, no one one died. Yeah, and again, this past year was really hard on a lot of things, and especially plants like that that just aren't hardy for here. So like when we had that minus twenty minus 15 to 20 that we had last September that did a lot of those kind of plants in, unfortunately. So another nice one to try is the hardy kiwi vine. Um, you don't oh. get the big blooms like that, but or just get a really good Jack Manny um, clematis. Like they I, just... I even lost my Jack Manny clematis. It was 10 years old. Yeah, I know. So it was just, you got hit with that frost for sure. Yep. 
All right. Well, that's those are usually ones like if you want something that's tried and true that's going to bloom here. Um, those work the best, like I said, typically. And uh, another nice one, if you have a bit of a shady area, are the kiwi vines. Um, they're quite nice, and they I almost call them like a bougainvillea because some of you have the pink hues to them and stuff. So okay. really quite nice. But it's hard. Do you sell those? Um, yes, we do. And the wisteria, like I said, it's one that uh, I'd almost find a nice silk area, silk plant place, and just buy some fake ones and strap them to a Virginia creeper <laughs> and say, look at my beautiful wisteria. That sounds good. <laughs> it works, you know. Uh, it, it's uh, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, and if you get a good quality, some of those flake flowers are so nice. So, and yeah. they're and this that way, your Virginia creeper, and everyone will say, "How do you get your Virginia creeper to bloom like a wisteria?" To say, "Well, I listened to Let's Talk Gardening, and he told me how." There you go. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, thanks, Andy. <laughs> bye bye. Okay, bye. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's tough. In the climate that we live, we uh, we have a little bit of a issue. We have a short season and very varying temperatures. And I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Sylvia. Hi, Hi. Sylvia. Hi. Yes, I have. Oh, just a minute. Yeah, something's going. Yeah, I have uh, three tomato plants in a pot. Yeah. And they were growing really well until we had that hail, but they didn't get damaged that much. But the, the, like the new leaves that are coming out on it, they're going like into little knots, like curling up and going into knots. All three of them. I don't know. What yeah, it sounds like you have that fungus I was talking about earlier. Like, does it almost feel like really hard? And that's what I was describing. It's, it reminds me of. Sometimes you see a, who, like a guy or a girl, they have really bad arthritis in their fingers, and it kind of curls up. It's all kind of knotted. Like, yeah. Yeah. Is there nothing I can no, do? No. When they get that, it's and it's quite contagious. So if one has it and they're close to each other, chances are the other ones. Oh, how would they get that from it the just, air? Yeah, just from air, airborne spores. It just happens. Oh. Um, yeah. uh, did you start with plants, or did you seed these yourself, or? Started with plants. Yeah. They were about a foot tall, and I planted them, and they were growing really well. Yeah, no, it just happens sometimes, The like just maybe a bit too much water here or there, or a fungus spore comes in oh, from yeah. somewhere. So, unfortunately, yeah. I would just throw them away. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, sorry, and uh, see if you can yeah. find some more. Um, yeah, okay, I'll try. Yeah, when we're all out of tomato plants on Canada Day, we want to give back to everybody. So we gave, uh, we did a free promotion. All of our veggie plants we, we gave away for free. And oh, okay. So was, we had a lot of people come in and get a lot, some nice tomatoes and things. But um, that's all I would do. And definitely throw it away and, and don't reuse the soil for tomatoes and that either. Like you no, can maybe yeah. put it into a compost pile or something, but don't reuse the soil. Okay. All right. Made my day. All right. Sorry. Right. Bye bye. Good day. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, that's always a tough one, and it, it, it's hard when you lose um, your tomatoes. You get them to a certain height, and and then they do that. And then I got a, a an e or a text here regarding the currants and getting big lumps on them. It, it's it's just a fungus that you got in there, and it's a hard one to get rid of, and it just. Um, you can try and treat with like, I would almost cut all those off though and see and get rid of that and get rid of the, the, the affected leaves that you have on here. It says how, and what's happened to my current 
it is, yeah, it's just a fungus that gets in there. Uh, so I'd get in, I'd just trim all that off, clean all that up, and dispose of all those uh, all those affected leaves because it's just going to cause you nothing but grief. And I'm getting all kinds of good pictures, which is kind of nice. And again, I'm getting these ones. It's always this blue. It looks like it's a blue weed, and it almost looks like the wild geranium leaf. And I just don't know the the exact name of it. So if anybody knows that, uh, send me a quick text. And it's uh, it just flourishes. It looks like a almost a mix between a delphinium and a geranium kind of thing. And it's a different type of of a bloom that gets uh that gets into our weed beds right now. So also I'm getting just going through text. Actually I already got that one. That one's part of it that's a lupin is what you got there when I seen the one leaf. And I'm just getting some identification questions, so I guess it's hard to describe. It says, here, I'll do one more that I can actually read. Hi, Merle. I have some beautiful hanging baskets, petunias. They're being attacked by aphids. What should I do? I have tried just spraying with water, but that doesn't seem to do the trick. No, when you start getting them going, you can either do the ladybugs or a product called Pure Spray Green that we talk about. And you need to do it every five days sort of thing for about three or four weeks in a row to get rid of them because they just keep coming back. And keep fertilizing all your hanging baskets, everybody, 15, 30, 15, or your pots and things, and to keep them blooming. And uh, that's it for me for this week. So next week we'll get our garden on back on here on 770 CHQR.